0: Joe welcome how are you I'm good Mike how are you good ready to start the season Joe so here we go so um, tell me this Joe what is what what's the big picture in baseball do you have a big picture for me before we talk about teams or anything that's going on how do you feel about the state of the game right now they want to speed the game up they want to do different things how do you feel about the game right now
1: I think the game's in a pretty good position. I know they want to increase the pace of action. I I think sometimes it's confusing when they say the pace of play. It's not the pace of play. If you have action all the time, people don't care if the games are four hours long. It's just the ball's put in play every three minutes and 40 seconds or so. They want more balls in play, and players making more plays instead of all the strikeouts, walks, and home runs. And I think that's what they're concerned about. So. How do you do that? I'm not exactly sure how you do that, but I think you stress more contact.
0: Well, Joe, you know what? I also think the they haven't outlawed the shift, and I actually think for the first time, now I can tell you this, I walked in and, you know, a guy you know well, Robbie Cano said to me, you know what? Every time they shift on me, I'm hitting the ball left field this year, and I watched them in spring training He worked on it in the cage. I watched him hit the first time up against the Red Sox. They shifted. He went. He put the ball right into the third base hole for a base hit. He said, I'm going to do it all year. Nimmo said, I'm going to do it too. So if these guys start doing that, it'll change things a little bit.
1: It will change the game dramatically. And I just remember playing against Toronto, and you had all those sluggers over there, and Canucion, Bautista, and Donaldson. And if you shift it with runners in scoring position, they were willing to just take their hit. You know, I'm going to punch it through that hole. I'm going to take the the RBI and we had to change how we played them. And that's what hitters need to do more of. You know, I know it's not exactly easy to do, but I think when there's hits and there's opportunity to put runners in scoring position and put people on base, you have to take full advantage of that.
0: Well, Cano said he was going to do it. I saw him do it a lot this spring. He hit 420-something in spring training. He led the, He led spring training in hits. So uh, there's a guy who might be, maybe he's going to be the first one that's going to show us that he's going to do it a lot. So maybe we'll see some of that in baseball, and maybe they will put a premium on more about, you know, if one thing, clearly, when you played, and even before that, you know, there was a thing, like, there were good outs. Now it seems yeah. like you guys have accepted the strikeout, even from your leadoff hitter. Derek Jeter used to strike out 100 times. I mean, Gordie will strike out 100 times. You guys have accepted the strikeout as acceptable, where in the old days it wasn't acceptable.
1: I, I agree. And, you know, we used to talk about so much about on-base and slug, and it seems like it's got more focus towards slug and a little bit more away from on-base. But... The more opportunities you create for yourself, the more pressure you're going to put on pitchers, the more mistakes that they're going to make. You start putting runners in scoring position, they can't shift as much. Hitters have the ability to do it. I think so many hitters for the last five, six years have said, well, I'm going to hit it over this year." Well, a lot of times that doesn't work. So, you know, you're down two runs. You need a runner to get on. Robbie Cano showing you, you can do this. And, And I know Robbie's a special hitter, and Robbie has always been able to go that way. But I believe other hitters have the capability of doing it. And if you start changing the way they have to play you and they can't shift you anymore, there is going to be more hits.
0: Do you buy in when a team does well? Like if I look right now, spring training standings, the team that had the most wins in the Grapefruit League was the Yankees and Houston is second, so we didn't learn anything there. The team that had the most wins out in the Cactus was Oakland, but San Diego was second. Do I buy in now that San Diego will be better because I saw them win a lot of spring training games?
1: I I think you can a little bit, but I think a lot of wins in spring training games will happen late. And what it tells you, uh, to me a lot of times, when you have teams that win a lot of games in the spring training, is there's a lot of talent in the minor leagues. And those teams that have the ability to come back, when the regulars come out, the minor league kids either have the ability to come back or add on to a lead and keep a lead, And it tells you there's a lot of talent in the minor leagues. That's what that tells me a lot of times.
0: Did you feel, when you broke camp and you headed north uh, for your coming home dinner and the start of the season, did the team usually play the way you thought it was going to play or did more teams wind up surprising you when, as far as the season goes now, some years you had great teams. Some years you had in between teams. You always had winning teams. You never had a losing record. Uh, So you never had a bad team. I mean, and you made sure you didn't have a bad team, but the bottom line is, did you, did you have a feel or did sometimes your team surprise you?
1: I think for the most part, you had a feel, you know, is there a team that surprised me a little bit every once in a while? 2017, you know, I don't think any of us could have predicted the year that Aaron Judge was going to have. And that really changed the complexion of that team a lot because he was such a slugger in in the middle of that order or hitting second. And and some of the other guys that stepped up, Chad Green, you know, we didn't know how he was going to burst onto the scene. But I think for the most part, you have a pretty good feel of what your club is, how good you're going to be. But it's always good to get a little pleasant surprise.
0: talking with Joe Girardi, who will join us this year each week. Uh, give us his uh, views on baseball until he goes back into the, into the dugout, where he will eventually. Uh, Joe, uh, the opener, even the Yankees said they might use the opener. Uh, Aaron just said it to me an hour ago. We might use the opener. I might not. I, I might use it a game or two. Teams are going to do this. The Orioles say they might do it. They might have three starters and then use the opener twice. Um, teams that don't have, or the bad teams that don't have good pitching. And I understand those teams aren't going to win 80 games. They might win 65 games. Listen, you had a team that was supposed to win 60 games out of spring training and almost competed for three-quarters of the year in Miami. So uh, you won manager the year that year. So do you like the opener? Do you think the opener has any value, or is it it just something that's a fluky thing we're seeing?
1: No, I think it has a lot of value because I think sometimes kids aren't ready – to start in the big leagues, and they aren't ready to go maybe through a lineup three and four times. You Think about how we used to do it a lot of ways. We didn't necessarily use an opener, but we put a starter in the minor, or put him in the big leagues in the bullpen to get his feet wet and and to maybe slow the game a little bit down for him. And I think a lot of teams are, 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 are forced to do it because they don't have five legitimate starters. I don't think it's something the team necessarily wants to do. I mean, would you love to have five Luis Severinos? Absolutely. Would you love to have five Blake Snells? Absolutely. But if you don't, you have to be creative in how to get these guys the most out of each player to get them the um, so they can relax when they come in, in, in situations and maybe not give them too much. It, it, you put them in a situation to be successful. And I think that's what clubs are trying to do right now. And eventually they grow into starters, and you don't need to do that with them, but for right now, I think it's a great idea because it gives you the best chance to win.
0: Would you, if you had a in-between team, Joe, and the rest of the team wasn't great? Okay, would you rather have a really good everyday player who was a you know a bona fide legitimate mm-hmm. all-star, or would you rather have one guy that you could count on? Every, you know, just make sure you could count on every fifth day who's going to be, you know, he's going to be there no matter what is going to just absolutely be your Blake Snell. And that team won 90 games last year with a lineup. You couldn't pick two guys out of the lineup. I mean, they were they had no talent in that lineup. <laughs> they won 90 games. He was unbelievable. Would you rather have the one pitcher who's going to anchor you, like Carlton with the Phillies or Snell last year with the, uh, with the Rays, or would you rather have a, a really top everyday player?
1: Give me the pitcher because I think they're harder to come by. When you have that ace, I think it stops long losing streaks. It gives people confidence every fifth day. You can use your bullpen a lot different on uh, during the other four games where you can maximize the, the, your bullpen the other four days. G- give me that ace because that's the hardest thing in the game to come by.
0: Wheeler last year had a great finish with the Mets. I uh, went talking with Joe Girardi. He he went 10-1 last 15 starts. He had a one whip. He really found himself. I asked him, and he said, uh, you know, Mickey and – and Dave Island, uh, they work with me. They We developed a split finger. It really changed everything. It changed my approach. Um, when you guys see a guy do that, can you feel confident he can come back and have that kind of year again because he found that pitch that really made a difference in him, or do you have to see him do it again?
1: No, I think you can have a lot of confidence in that guy when they, when they find a pitch that allows them to get swings and misses on something other than their fastball. Obviously, Wheeler has a very good fastball. But now it just changes the approach of the hitters because it's so much back and forth, and you expect him to be successful again.
0: Uh, we're talking about Joe Girardi. All right, uh, the Mets first. They got the three pitches. They got the bullpen. with. Uh, they got the Diaz, you know, who's been great in the bullpen, uh, uh, paced by Familia. They went and got a couple of pros in the everyday lineup with Cano, the catcher. Obviously, Conforto had a good spring. He's got a lot of power. Uh where do you see the Mets in the middle of the pack or you see them as better than that what do you think
1: I think they're going to surprise people I think they're going to be there until the end um and you know and, and let me preface that with saying if that starting rotation stays healthy right you know that's the one thing that they've had a hard time doing but I think offensively they improved you have professional hitters in Cano and J- and Jed Lowry you have some some guys that you can move around yep and they shored up the back end of their bullpen. Now, Familia and Diaz have to have a really good year for them. But that's the one thing, you know, through this last 10 years, even when they were good, I'm not so sure they had a, a, a lockdown eighth inning guy, a lockdown ninth inning guy. Now they have it. Even how Perry good now, how
0: is Diaz, Diaz? You know, I don't, I don't remember watching Diaz at all. I talked to him this spring. His numbers are outrageous. I have, you know, you, you worked against him for years. You, you were out there. You had the games with him. Was he that good? He's
1: he's really good. You know, sometimes you feel like he falls into a little command issue,
0: but David
1: Robertson could do that. Dillon Batanzas could do that. He's got swinging this stuff. He's a slider he's a really guy, right? Different. He's going to get you with that yes. slider, right? He's really, really good, and he's got velocity too. So he's really, really good where guys have to cheat a little bit, and that slider will expose a lot of hitters. So I, I really like what they've done to this team. I like what they've done to their bullpen where they put experience at the back end and they're not asking kids to do it. Now you can move the other guys that were at the back end last year. And now you have a much deeper bullpen. And, and, and those guys who were doing it last year are multiple inning guys, which I think helps as well. It helps save the, the, the rotation a little bit. And I like what they've done. I, I'm curious to see how they're going to do because I think they're a player.
0: And I'll tell you, I think Ramos makes a big difference. First of all, he always killed the Mets when he was in Washington. Secondly, he's a pro, he's always reminded me of being a, I, every time I see him, I think of a really good baseball player who's kind of underrated. That's a good catcher and a solid guy. I think he's going to be a big difference maker for them.
1: Well, he can really hit. And when you think about the Mets, they're pretty left-handed dominant when you start talking about their best hitters. And he's that right-handed guy that kind of separates people. And I look for Conforto to have a good year.
0: Are you a Conforto guy? You like Conforto? You know, cause yes. guys, you know, Keith Hernandez always raves about him, says he's going to be a great hitter. Everyone's waited for him. He's been a little streaky. He's been a little up and down. He had a great September last year. He hit 10 homers and 30 RBIs in September. Uh, you know, he hit 28 homers. A lot of guys have him as their breakthrough guy this year, that he's going to be the guy who you know, really becomes a star this year.
1: I, I think so, because when you have the injuries that he had, and I believe he had a torn labrum, I think it takes the year that you sit out, and another year to, that you go through before you're at full health. I, I think it's a two-year injury and I think they come back and yeah, you know what? It's healed, but I still think there's strength issues I, and I think there's a lot of things that you go through. When I hear a hitter that tears his, you know, the labrum that's his front, you know, his front side, it scares me to death. And I always believe that it's a two year. And I think that's partly what Greg Bird has went through as well. Um, that I think he's going to be a much different guy. Are you guy. surprised
0: he's been great this spring? They said it, Boone said he's been the guy we always heard he was going to be, the guy who could bat third in this lineup. He you know, a void came in almost like he couldn't lose and and Bird got lucky that Hicks got hurt, but he now has almost got him on equal terms the way he's been swinging the bat.
1: I'm not shocked at all. I believe that he was going to struggle. He had missed a lot of time with injuries. And then I think his shoulder had healed, but then all of a sudden he had the ankle injury. He didn't have a bat. I mean, this is a guy that's probably missed a 1,000 at-bats over the last three years. So I still think the kid's really going to hit.
0: Well, he's got his chance now. We're talking with Joe Girardi. Joe, you told me uh, that Torres was one of the more talented young guys you had seen. So uh, I remember you telling me that. So he turned out to be as good as everybody expected. Uh a-Rod was in last week and didn't like him going second to short on day after day with Tulowitzki playing and them switching back and forth. he didn't think it's an issue I mean uh, Boone said he's been great about it it hasn't been an issue arod said i don't, i wouldn't want to do it i didn't like it i wouldn't have liked it um, You think that's an issue at all or you think it it'd be something he can handle
1: i think it's it's the player what the player you know some players get locked into what they're doing and only want to do you know, one position. But you got to remember, Glaver was playing shortstop really most of the time until he came up last year, and he was a second baseman. So I think for him to bounce back and forth, it's probably not a big deal. But if he had been at second for five or six years and then start trying to bounce back and forth, I think it would have been much more difficult.
0: Do you have to do more stuff with him in terms of scouting reports and stuff, that he'll play second one day and then the same series play short the next day?
1: I think you just have to make sure that he gets ground balls on both sides every day. So he's going to have to take maybe a few more ground balls um, where he might take 25 in, in, in one spot. Maybe he takes 15 in each spot every day to make sure that, that, you know, if something happens to too low, he has to bounce over there right away. He's familiar with it. He's comfortable with it, especially when they go to a new field, he's got to take ground balls on both sides right away the first day.
0: Um, how do you feel about uh, the Yankee rotation right now? No Severino to start. Uh, they'll use Erman uh, in game four, bring Tanaka back in five, then pitch LaWise again in game six. Uh, They'll use those guys as their starters. All guys you're very familiar with. You got Paxton, you got Hap, you got obviously Tanaka. And here's what we learned about Tanaka: is that he's a good big game pitcher. When he pitches, when he wants to pitch in the playoffs, he's there. I mean, he's pitched great in the playoffs of the Yankees.
1: Yes, yes, he has. You know, I think their rotation is going to be fine. I I think their schedule is going to help them tremendously. What you know, and I expect them to get off to a tremendous lot of Orioles
0: and Tigers early.
1: Yeah, in Kansas City, yep. and 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 even with all the injuries that they have, you put them on paper, they're going to be better than most teams on a daily basis when they go out there. So I I, I think in the long run it might help them. You know, it might help Seve that that he misses the first month, first month and doesn't throw two hundred innings, and then when they get to the playoffs, he's really really fresh and dominant. So uh, these injuries. You don't want to start this way, but they may not be a bad thing in the long run.
0: How about how about Sanchez? You know, everyone seems confident. He, you know, he hit well. He he had good at bats in the postseason last year. Everyone acts like, hey, no question, he's going to come back. You know, I don't think he looked great. And you know, and they say he was in good shape, but I don't think he hit a lot in the spring so far. I got uh, he wasn't yeah. until about ten. Uh, I have to look again. The last two or three days, but he wasn't hitting a lot. Did that concern you at all that he wasn't hitting a lot in the spring, or not really?
1: No, not really, and it wouldn't concern me a lot if he didn't hit in April because a lot of times you can get bad weather. If he's not hitting in June and July, then I become concerned. But catchers probably get less at-bats in spring training than anyone, and I think it's a little bit more difficult for catchers to get in the groove. and You hope that you are, but I I believe he's going to have a big year. I I, I really do. I, I think he probably learned a lot from last year. And he'll make the adjustments that he needs to make. And I think he's too talented not to have a big year.
0: Any team, uh, National League, what team do you – what's your favorite team right now going into the season in the National League? Are you a Dodger guy? What team do you like?
1: You know, you could argue for the Dodgers. They got some injury issues. I, you know, I think you – the NL East is the most intriguing division. Right. For me and how
0: that's going to – Everybody's close except out. Miami, no question.
1: I agree, and um, th- I'm really curious to watch that. The National League's hard to predict, you know. I think you got the big three um, in the American League, you know, with the Red Sox, the Yankees, and Houston. Houston. Yep. Um, those are the big three, and you know, I think Minnesota's going to be a lot better this year. Are-, are there any surprise teams for me this year? I, I don't really have one yet. Um, I'm curious how the Cardinals are going to do. And I think a lot of that could depend on the health of that bullpen because you you get some of those guys back. And if Andrew Miller's Andrew Miller and Jordan Hicks and some of the guys that they have down there, Reyes, that bullpen could be really, really special. And with the addition of Goldschmidt, they could have a good year. Concerned about Milwaukee now with Knable down probably for the whole year and Jeffress's shoulder. That team looks a whole lot different without that bullpen.
0: And Cleveland may have, they might be on the downslide a little bit, right? Because they got really close for a couple of years. They might have to take a little step back right now.
1: Yeah, I, I think for them to to make a lot of noise in the playoffs, they're going to have to make some moves before July 31st to strengthen that bullpen. I think their starting pitching is really good, but my concern is, you know, you're going to stick with the starters a long time because those, that might be your best choice a lot of times and. Are they all going to get worn out?
0: And Oakland's a good team, but I just don't think they have enough pitch starting pitching. You know, I mean, I uh, I, I know they got a good bullpen, they got good lineup, but the pitch starting pitching, just not enough guys.
1: I think they're really going to miss Mania, Manaya. I think they're really going to miss him because he was the guy that would give you distance and allow them to do what they needed to do with their bullpen. And it's a lot, to- it's
0: a lot to ask
1: a bullpen to do that all year long. So I'm curious how
0: that's going to go out there. All right. Uh, do you have a guy? So you think Conforto might be a breakout guy? You got a breakout guy in the American League this year? Do you think maybe in the, yeah, like in a the young, American? Yeah.
1: Um, I kind of been waiting for Nomar Mazzara to break out in Texas. When, uh. when I saw him his first year, I thought, oh, this kid's going to be really special. I'm kind of waiting for him to break out.
0: Guerrero's kid's hurt, right? Is that true? Is he hurt yeah. now? He's he's he hurt. all the right?
1: rib cage muscles. Is so he I, as I, good
0: I, as everybody says he is?
1: It, it sure sounds like it. I mean, he's he's a special player. Um, I'm anxious to see Bobuchet too to see when he gets an opportunity because his spring training was off the charts. And I'm anxious to see when those two kids get up there, how the complexion of that team changes.
0: It's going to be interesting. I mean, if he's as good as his father, that's good enough for me because his father was a great player, boy. I tell you. Well,
1: he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah,
0: because he was unbelievable. He really was. Yes. I mean, he was a remarkable player. Thanks, Joe. We'll chat each week. Looking forward to it. So, thanks very much. Enjoy the start of the season. Thanks, Mike. You too. My bye pleasure. Bye. Joe Girardi and the Joe Girardi report is brought to you by Winters Brothers, Long Island's number one choice for waste removal and recycling services.
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone
0: 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.